0: There are many people who have accidentally fallen into business ownership, and there are a select few who are laser-focused on why they were starting a business. At the end of the day, there are many crucial steps that we need to take, and planning should not be reacting to your circumstances, but preparing in advance. The thought about hiring a certified exit planner comes when someone reached their threshold and wants to leave yesterday. During this episode, we're going to talk about how a certified exit planner can help with planning beyond the exit so you can get the most from your business and financial planning.
1: So the big question is this,
0: how do veterinarians like you, who live demanding lives, who never seem to have enough time, able to achieve balance and take control of your finances with confidence? That is the question, and this podcast will give you the answers. We are Florida Veterinary Advisors, and this
1: is the Smarter Vet Podcast. Hey, Smarter Vets! this is CJ Burnett and Tom Seiko. We're financial advisors that work with veterinarians, practice owners, and the veterinary community across the United States, owners of Florida Veterinary Advisors, and the hosts of this podcast, The SmarterVet Podcast. Our mission is to reduce financial stress from the veterinary community by providing them the next step
0: in their plan. Make sure to check out all our other great resources that you can find through our website, such as complimentary, financial race CEs, assessments, videos, articles, courses. I mean, we've got everything you could think of on there. You can find them at flvetadvisors.com. And if you're finding this podcast to be helpful, you're really enjoying it, uh, one thing as I would say is, can you share it with a couple of your friends? Say, hey, look, this episode's great. Hey, have you checked out this podcast? And if you do get a moment, we'd love for you to rate us and tell us what you think. If you're on Apple, Spotify, uh, or show us some love on our Facebook page, uh, the Smarter Vet Financial Podcast.
1: So let's start today with... What exactly is a certified exit planner? Uh, someone that helps business owners. Like we know that it's something with exiting a business, right? Cuz it's implied, but like we're going to dive a little bit deeper into the concept of what a certified exit planner is because I think a lot of people will get a cert the, the actual designation, but they'll be an attorney, they'll be a CPA, they'll be other another type of professional. And so you can have multiple CEXPs. Uh, on the board of directors for you uh figuring out your plans on how you're gonna sell the business and exit, but not all of us do the same thing, right So oftentimes when you have someone that's called a veterinarian, well, you can call them a veterinarian, but that doesn't necessarily mean that they just do cats and dogs. they could all, you know you you also have uh veterinarians that do horses. you have veterinarians that just do poultry, right so like let's let's dive a little bit deeper into what a certified exit planner is
0: some of the things that we actually had thought of in our mind to really make this try to make it as simple as possible is that you know if you're an aspiring business owner and you want to understand uh, what do you want from your business from a planning perspective it's like hey I really I'm starting or I'm about to start my business and I'm not really sure what I want to get from it what my plan is going to be the certified exit planner can really be able to put some, Thought behind it, help you really get focused and set the stage properly for you so you can have a lot of success.
1: So, in other words, you don't even need to own a business necessarily mm-hmm. in order to speak with a certified exit planner, or get help from an exit planner. Mm-hmm. And a lot of the times, it's, you know, a certified exit planner will help even existing business owners understand how to maximize the opportunities that are directly in front of them to eventually exit in the future. And that exit could be next year. It could be five years from now. It could be 30 years from now. Sometimes people get this idea Mm -hmm. that a certified exit planner only speaks with people that are going to retire in like the next five years. And there's so many times, Tom, we talk to people, we say, yeah, I'm a certified exit planner. They go, Oh, I don't need to talk to you yet because I'm not going to be exiting my business anytime soon. Right. But it's like, you're going to exit it eventually. Like there's, there's no, Mm -hmm. there's no way to not exit a business at some point in the future because we all can't work forever and none of us live forever. Well, and the, and the thing is, too, when it comes to maximizing opportunities, it's very easy for
0: us to all start making decisions within silos. Like we just kind of approach one thing at a time and really being able to take a bigger, bigger picture of things and saying, OK, how am I really making a, a very good decision and focusing on everything as a whole uh, when it comes to growing my business and paying my employees and protecting myself, all of those different things? And then eventually at some point, you know, there are a lot of people we have talked to presently, especially with this interesting uh, climate or environment we're in within the veterinary community is that many of them are transitioning out of business. So there's the older generation that's selling and then the newer generation's coming in. And depending on what it is, it's like, Hey, I want to sell it to an associate. I'm looking to sell it to a corporation. And at the same time, when that person does exit out of the business, what is the plan to take those dollars that they receive to then produce income because the business was producing income for them previously. And now I got a lump sum of money that is supposed to do the same thing. How does that work?
1: Right. Like, cause the business turned to cash and it's like now, okay, what do you do with the cash in order to make sure that it produces income? Mm-hmm. Which is Absolutely. probably, probably one of the main reasons why business owners like never, like we, we talk to them, they say, well, I'm going to sell in five to seven years. All right, let's say they're in. Let's say they're sixty. They're like, I'm gonna sell in five to seven years, right? And then five years later, we talk to them and we say, Hey, you know, how's that exit going? Like, like, because like, these are these. Let's say these people don't become clients, right? They're just people we met, uh, at, at like a conference or something. Five five years later, we meet with, them, Hey, how's that exit planning? Oh, well, I'm gonna exit in five to seven years. It's this rolling five to seven year period of when they're gonna exit because mm-hmm. they realize that they're not going to be able to take the cash from the business and produce the same income. As the business was producing them, so it, it it's more advantageous to just hold on to the business for as long as possible, right? In their mind, because they're not really sure exactly how do you exit it where you can produce the same cash flow, and if and if you can answer that question, like how do how do we. How how does a business owner sell their business and then have the same cash flow in retirement that they did before retirement? Because that that's effectively what people want. They say, Well, you know, I, I'll be in a lower income tax bracket when I retire because I'll have a lower income. Like that, I don't know anyone who actually wants to do that. Um, like I, I don't I don't know about you, Tom, but like, you know, even if your mortgage is paid off, even if you have no no debt and you know, you basically can live off of a bare minimum amount, like you still if if every day is a Saturday in retirement more than likely you're going to spend more money in retirement than you were before. Right. What's
0: so fascinating is as we're talking about this transition into retirement too, because you know, it's a lot of times a lot of practice owners get to the part where they're just, I'm done. I I can't deal with this anymore. That five to seven year period goes away. And then they all of a sudden just sell. And then whatever the circumstances or the consequences on the back end of it all, they just have to work through it. So hopefully they're good. Today it's great for a lot of people. So. Well, that
1: that and like by the time that happens, they're maybe in their seventies. Like mm-hmm. the, yeah. the 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 most fun part of retirement, which is usually when you're the youngest part, right, in, in retirement, it, it is kind of gone. Like if you're retiring at 75, 80 years old, right, then then like you kind of asked yourself, like, did you actually retire or did you just were you forced to retire? Did you miss the best part of retirement because there wasn't enough of a plan to begin with? Right. And this, this all, this all starts from
0: the beginning of everything too. I mean, this starts from when you go to start a business to when you're in the middle of your business career to when you're about to exit. I mean, all of this is critical.
1: So let's start on the first part of the five part planning process that we, that we kind of have in our brains. This is what we use in our business, right? So hopefully this will help somebody kind of navigate the steps of what an exit planner should go through. And that first step is to get your reasons for planning, because the, and, and Tom, you know, we we talk about reasons for planning being the the beginning part of any plan. Like, what are your actual reasons for planning? Why are we? Why are you doing this? Why are you even owning a business? Why do you even have an income? Why? Like, what is your business for? What is your What does your business do for you personally? And I think. One thing we discovered a few years ago was business owners can't just know what they are retiring from. They also have to know what they are going to retire to. Mm-hmm. One of the reasons why people don't go to go to retire, they don't sell their business is because they don't know what the other side of that transaction is going to look like in their life. What are they going to do right. every day? And,
0: and on the other flip side of it, as I'm thinking too, it seems that a lot of owners or people that decide to get in a, a business, you know, they, they started off with the idea of they wanted to practice medicine their way. Maybe they want to have a certain lifestyle. And they haven't really taken the time to create an inventory of what really matters to them and like what is important. Because think of it, when you own a business, your business directly impacts your personal financial life and vice versa. So everything you do in your personal finances impact your business. So when you sit down and you're looking at your business saying, hey, what do I want from this? And you haven't literally taken a chance to sit down. And I would say the simplest steps that you can take right now within this is what do I want to accomplish from my business as a whole? What do I want to accomplish maybe in the next five years, break it down to one year, break it down by months. And that way you can at least start creating goals and targets. It could be your business. And then also the flip side for your personal life. Like you should be looking at both of those in tandem together.
1: To give an example of that first step. Right, because we, uh, Tom, you know, we have two two different clients that I think would be a very good way to give some context around how these things ap- actually are implemented. Because there's and there's one person she she came to us. She said, "Hey, I want I want to sell my practice to my employees, but I'm not really exactly sure how to do it." And the first question that we had asked because that's a reason for her planning, right? That's the reason why she came to us. She says, "I don't like I own a business." I want to be able to give it to the employees, just not sure how to make that transition. Now, we're going to talk about the actual application of the thought process and how we go about doing those things in this, in this episode, high level. But that's, that's something that we commonly hear, but the way that we're able to do it is going to be different depending on the individual, because the, the second person that we'll talk about it, he actually wanted to sell to somebody inside, but he doesn't have the time horizon to wait. Right. So she had, she has another five to seven years, an actual five to seven years that she can hold. She said, look, I can hold on to the business for as long as it takes, but I do eventually want to get out in five to seven years. Like we got to start this transition. I, I need to have it, you know, done over time. It's okay. right? right. Cause I, I mean, you, you're not going to get the same amount of money from your employees as from a corporation, generally speaking, um,
0: right.
1: uh, uh, unless it's over time. And it's
0: usually, and, and mostly it's because of the amount of profits that the business can generate because you got to make sure that there's enough money coming from the business to be able to pay back whatever loans or or debts that they take out. So there is a, a certain time co- compared to corporations, they usually come in with uh, investors and people so they have the cash to inject at high levels with the expectation of earning that money back over time. So it's a whole different circumstance.
1: And as a side note, an owner finance loan, which is generally how these things are done, a lot of a lot of businesses will actually sell that way. Um, it's just the least, uh, I know we're not going to go into it in this episode. Maybe we'll do another episode on it. It's the least efficient way to do it. It creates the most amount of risk for the exiting business owner. And it generates a lot of taxes that are really unnecessary. So like, if you love paying the IRS, do a business owner finance loan. Like if if you just, if the IRS is your best buddy and you, and you want to make sure that the IRS is taken care of. Then do an owner finance loan. Now, the second person, right, he wanted to sell to somebody inside, but he doesn't have the time to wait. So he needs, he, so he, his reason for planning was, hey, I want to get out of this thing. I want to sell it to an insider, but I want to sell it within a year. Unfortunately, he didn't have a, a successor picked. He didn't have anybody to, to to actually sell the business to inside the practice that that really wanted it. So he really needed, he really only had uh, the option to sell to corporate because if he wants out in a year, then that's kind of, that's the way it goes. Right. And 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 defining these reasons for planning in advance are super important.
0: So it helps you be able to mitigate some of these challenges you can run into the future.
1: And there can be like 10 reasons for planning. They don't have to be just one or two.
0: Right. The second part of the, the process that we look at is, you know, take an inventory of all your income producing assets. So really to give you some understanding what this looks like, once you sell the business, the business was your income producing asset. So now what else do you have available to you? So there could be some investments you've accumulated. There might be um, any cash that you have set aside. It could be some money that's still sitting in the business. Um, It's the business sale proceeds. When you actually go to sell the business, what do you have available that can help you produce income
1: when you do sell? And something that everyone has is Social Security. Unless you right. never paid yourself a W-2, then, then I think that would be different. But like, you know, m- most people have social security benefits, right? So you, you, do you have pensions from an old job? Do you have IRAs? Do you have Roth IRAs? Do you have a 401k? Like what are the, those things that you own that will produce income for you in retirement? Now, in the first example, she had so much money outside the business. She effectively could give away the business to the employees and not care. But in other words, like she could retire, have more than enough income from her assets outside the business. That the business was effectively an, an irrelevant asset for her. Now the business was still worth six million, right? Like if a corporate if a corporation came in, they would that they, they, there was actually offers that to, to buy it for six million. So you know it's not it's not it's not a small amount of chunk of change for 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 uh, for anybody, but it was completely irrelevant because the asset wasn't needed to produce the income that she needs and her and her husband need in retirement. And so that, so that's, that's one scenario, right? As an example, the second, the second example, he also had enough money outside the business where to a certain degree, the business sales just didn't, didn't matter too much. Um, you, now for him, if he did sell the business for what it's worth, it actually would be, uh, It it, it definitely would make enough of a difference on the income that he had that it was was enough where he's like, yeah, I definitely want to sell it for as much as I can get. Um, Because whereas he could survive off of the assets that he had outside the business, he still, if he wanted to go to Italy, right? If he wanted to do fun things in retirement, things like if he wanted to go on all the trips that he wanted to do, if if he wanted to fulfill all those dreams and hopes, he was going to need to get a sizable amount of cash from the business. Also somewhat of an outlier. The, the scary the scary thing about this too, where we see a lot of
0: practice owners in today's climate is that they rely on the sale of their business. Entire. So if you are someone who's looking to take over a business or you're looking to start a business and that's the part of the phase of life that you're in, it's very, very important you start looking at this in advance because then it allows for you to say, okay, how am I going to get to a part where
1: my, my future, my retirement doesn't depend on the sale of that business? And the third step, right, is to focus on the business and getting it ready for sale. So mm. pump up the value in any way possible because there's so many different ways that you can do this, right? Uh, you can pump up the value by increasing yeah. profits. You can pump up the value by by recruiting really good talent. You can pump up the well, value. Go ahead.
0: To take even a, like a step back, even just from like hiring people and everything, like, do you have really clean tax returns? Do you have clean profit loss statements like- do you even have an idea of what those are? Like, if you have no idea what they are, you first probably should get yourself familiarized with them because
1: that is how the value of your business is usually determined. And and like, how do you, how are you protecting the business, all right? That should be a priority uh, above, above pretty much a lot of other things, because as you climb a mountain, you don't want to have the potential to fall off. And if you're growing a business and it's unprotected, all it takes is one lawsuit one potential death of an employee, one potential, uh, maybe a loss of a key employee, like all it takes is something that is relative. What's would seem minor to completely devastate the value of that business. And if that happens just before the sale, like that, that's going to really hurt. Right. That's, that's going to hurt. So in that first example, right, she sold a business or she she's selling her business to the employees. Um, she's focusing, like how does she get the business ready for sale? Now, a lot of the, now, since she's selling to the employees, a lot of it is there's going to be this transition period where she's going to own some of it and they're going to own some of it. There's other types of, uh, benefits that are going to be put in place for those employees to get cash in their hands, to then, uh, be able to maybe give her cash. They're going to have opportunities to, to uh, start acquiring equity themselves. But then there's also this other dynamic of what happens if one of them wants to leave, right? One, let's, one of them gets divorced and like their, their life's in not good position. And they're like, you know what? I wanted to buy this business two years ago. I no longer want to buy this business. W- what is that going to look like? They, like? Things like a buy-sell agreement are required, right? And, and to look at periodically, right? And so for her in her case, if she's selling to employees and there's multiple employees, then there's multiple different facets. there's multiple different things to think about on how to protect the business value and, and, and the business so that whenever whenever they do get uh, kind of advanced into this plan, there's not a complete reversal that they couldn't foresee. And she could still potentially have the ability to sell to corporate if she needed to. A lot of times people don't realize that they've got to have, like a good plan has a plan when nothing goes according to plan. So how is she going to prepare so that in the event that something doesn't go right, what's the backup plan? What's the backup plan to that backup plan? And so then in, in the second example, right, he doesn't really, you know, when it comes to protecting his business over the next year or two, there's not so much about the employees, but maybe retaining employees is going to be his focus, right? Not necessarily how, how do I get, Money inside into these people's hands, or how do I get equity inside of these people's hands in order to make sure that there's a smooth transition? His is more like how do I just make sure this machine is is an efficient one, and so whenever I sell it, it's not gonna uh, it's not gonna turn to, to to dust the moment that I exit the business. Your business plan is more than just
0: working in the business and looking at the revenues each month. Whenever you take on ownership in any business, there is a risk and certain responsibilities that can create a lot of uncertainty and stress. We created a 10-question quiz that briefly touches on the most important parts of your business to focus on. At the end of the quiz, there is a handout provided with your responses and steps that you can take to maximize your business and your personal financial plans. Take the quiz now by visiting the link in the description of this podcast. So the fourth step of the process is what we need to do as we figured out the value of the business is we need to look at who are the buyers. Let's identify the potential buyers along the way. So really, there's two different ways that we can go with buyers. Uh, The first one is you look for people inside the business. Sometimes we'll call them insiders. Uh, You sell them to your employees. It could be another veterinarian or veterinarians. It could be other people like a practice manager, depending on the state that you live in. Uh, Or the other part of it is if you're looking to get a certain amount of value from the business, you might have to consider an outsider or what we'd call like a third-party buyer, a consolidator, Uh, a venture capitalist. Like there's a whole bunch of different terms that get thrown out there, but someone who's coming in to buy your business um, and it has nothing related
1: to your employees. So each one of these can have different impacts along the way. And the fifth one is to get a retirement income plan together. You want to know exactly how that cash that you're going to get for the business is going to produce income for you when you are no longer an owner. And if you think that living on the interest... you turn it all into investments and then you live on the interest of those investments. Just as a side note, like that can be very uh, interesting because you may not have a lot of income and there are other ways to find to around just living on the interest. You don't have to just pick that as like your main retirement income plan.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: And living on the interest
0: for those of you who are familiar with the term awesome. If you're not, it's basically taking all of your money And putting it in some kind of stocks or bonds or whatever the case is, and then it grows every year. And then the idea is that you take whatever that growth is that comes from those from the stocks and bonds, and then you live off of that, use that as income. And there's a lot of challenges that people face when they get into this position uh, of planning. But if you don't look at all the different options that are available out there, not just from an interest-only plan, but also other, other alternatives that you can use to minimize your taxes, minimize your risk, Uh, be able to maximize the income that you can get. That's a very important part of all this as you're planning within your business and your personal finances. So the question is like, why should a business owner work with a certified exit planner? And really the the point of a certified exit planner is that uh, there's other professionals, there's other advisors, other different people that can work along the way to where they can have blind spots due to their very specific type of work that they do. So for instance, like an attorney... You know, they might really be really good at setting up buy sell arrangements, creating different type of partnerships, helping with the transition of a sale. But when it comes to tax law, it might be something that they're not incredibly familiar with. They're really unsure how to navigate those waters. Or, you know, a CPA, they're really good, or an accountant, you can also refer to them as like they can handle the tax side of things. But when it comes to helping from an income standpoint, or how are you going to sell the business and what the transition is going to look like? Uh, It could be something that they're not incredibly familiar with. So they focus on the things that they do. Uh, And then sometimes even financial advisors, like you might have someone you work with that's helping on a retirement plan type of things. Um, And they could help with in the business, maybe with a a 401k or simple. But then there's a, a certain limitation when it comes to what a financial advisor might do. And the thing is that there are a multitude of different advisors that can get the certified exit planner certification. It's not just attorneys, accountants, financial advisors. Uh, It's really anyone who wants to take a step back and look at that bigger picture to help plan. And I like to always view it as like what we call a financial quarterback. It's someone that can really be able to see things from that bigger picture and then coordinate the players along the way to make sure that you're getting the best results. So at any point or another, you know, it's, it's not something like, Hey, should I wait till I'm about to exit my business to find someone? It's not absolutely true. Sometimes you might want to have this person in your pocket as you're starting to look into business. Uh, maybe while you're in the middle of your business career, you just, it's always important to like, at least start the conversation and start exploring these things. Cause then that way you, you really make sure you're taking advantage of everything that's in front of you.
1: Please help us spread the word about the podcast by liking the Smarter Vet Financial Podcast Facebook page. If you have enjoyed this episode, share it with three of your friends. This is CJ Burnett. And I'm Tom Seiko. Wishing you a lifetime of financial success. Don't forget to visit our website
0: and sign up for our newsletter. By subscribing, you'll be the first to know about upcoming race-approved CE webinars, podcast releases, short presentations, and articles that we publish. Make sure to like us on Facebook, follow us on LinkedIn, and subscribe to our YouTube channel. Securities and Exchange Commission as a registered investment advisor. Submission number 2022-146341 expires November of 2024.